0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, it's good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan.
1: Welcome into the Monday, April 29th edition. of The Drive produced now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM I'm your host Paul Swan today at the Union Pub and Grill, and every Monday when we come down to the Union Pub and Grill, they have the Paul Swan and Dave Walsh special, and that's two-dollar Paul shots and dollar fifty domestic bottles all day, all night, every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. It should be the Paul Swan and Dave Walsh uh, special, not—it's not the Monday special; it's our special. By the way, the uh,
2: young Thundering Herd quarterback himself, Dave Walsh, is with me. How you doing, sir? I am doing fine. If you notice, the soccer shirt is gone and a green shirt is on from the weekend. It was a great weekend. Let me look at this thing. Here's your flag football alumni game shirt. Uh, Is your name
1: on the back? No, No, not on the back. Okay. So let me ask you this. I got there and it was like maybe 1.30. Like where's the flag football game?
2: They had eight players on each team. I think it went to about 1.30 and they were done. Uh, William King, when the game was over, he was getting uh, a little medical attention, to which I joked, I said, William, I hope your insurance is paid up because I'm not sure they'll cart you off today on their on their dime, so to speak. And he kind of laughed, but uh, there's eight of them out there. I chose to sit it out for obvious reasons. They didn't have a hover chair for me out there to wheel around, wheel and deal, but it was fun to watch, fun to watch. And then they went to the scrimmage, to which I dubbed a vanilla bowl because it was, as you saw, Pretty vanilla. They kept it simple. A little bit later on, we're going to hear from Don Holliday. He
1: addresses that. So we've got the, his reaction from later on. We'll talk about that, but let's get our thoughts on this first. And you dubbed it the vanilla bowl. What were
2: you looking for, and what did you see and not see? Well, you know, they're going to, it's become situational third and long, third and short, goal lines, punch, kickoffs, things of that nature. But I think about the third or fourth play in, I looked up, and there goes a 65 yard, I think touchdown pass, to which I thought, oh, Coach Cramsey's opened the playbook up a little bit here today on it, and after the after the game was over, I went over and to, to talk with him, and he had some interesting points to make, but there are things they're looking for in that situation. Uh, you know, a lot of guys don't dress. Some didn't play much, and uh, I think Coach Halliday at times has said, well, you kind of know who your frontliners are. You kind of find out who's going to be the twos and the threes maybe to step up because that seemed to be a great theme, and Coach uh, the Mayor Williams talking about next man up at his speech on Saturday at the ceremony and then at the game. You never know who might go down, and you might be the next man up. So they got the message across. And we remember Brendan Knox, that game against Charlotte, Where everybody's looking him up. Who is he? They found, and, and as Brad Lambert said, we didn't have any idea who he was before the game, but we do now. And that's just the thing. Hey, you're next in line. You better be ready.
1: Do you think that – it would have been better for Marshall just to come up with a way to have a token game instead of a controlled practice. I know I saw a lot of people online. Again, this is all anecdotal, but I saw people online complaining about the setup. Either the music was too loud, didn't like the music, didn't like the fact it wasn't a game. And
2: I think I've been telling you for weeks, Dave, uh, it was not a game. You told them many, many, many times it's, they're not. It's, it's a, a scrimmage setting with down-and-distance situational things, and, uh, and a lot of stuff is already scripted out that they're going to do. And I think it lasted, what, about an hour and 15, an hour and 20 minutes. And you know something's up, because if you look on the stands on the stadium or the press box side, you've got Mr. Stapleton running with the signs, what, what period they're in. And I think there's 12 or 13 periods, and each of them goes five minutes. It's easy to do the math how long it's going to last. So they accomplished what they wanted to. The people in the stands can going to understand it. It's not going to get jazzed up that much like some other places do, but you know, Doc, he has a reason, method to the madness. He accomplished what he wanted to, and now they wait till early August to come back, and get ready for VMI. What'd
1: you see out there that you liked? Uh, what surprised you? Maybe what impressed you?
2: Alex Thompson throwing the ball a little deep. Isaiah threw it all. You know, he threw a little bit, but uh, I was telling you earlier, talking to Coach Cramsey after the game, I asked him about that long play and some things. He says, "Well." Basically, this is year two for everybody. You know, Isaiah did make a great first impression, I thought, but everything was new to him as a freshman. Now he seems to have a better grasp. And um, I think the offense is going to be a little more explosive this year, and I'm very interested to see how the defense turns out. It's so weird to see Brad Lambert on the sideline, pretty much putting putting his imprint on it. But they played pretty good in Charlotte. They played pretty good when he was here the first time. So between Coach Cramsey scoring, Brad, not letting them score, I think Doc's going to be in pretty good shape.
1: Now, on the flip side, what would you see out there that you were like, yeah, I'm not so sold on this?
2: It was hard to say because when they were working on kickoffs, did you see when they used the machine? And I said, wait a minute, what's the world coming to? We're going to have 10 guys out there in a machine to kick off, but it was a a setting. Um, I like the way I think their speed is so much better than what it used to be. They can get from point A to point B quicker and then you know and then you need to do that now it, it's nice to be big but it's better to be fast as you've taken a look around the way the way, way the football has evolved I think um, they've got some pretty good front miners and then you see somebody like Owen Porter getting moved to a position different from what he's used to playing but he's a local guy and he has seven or eight tackles so plugging the guys into the right spot making plays flying to the football if you're on defense and on offense you're you The little running back had that 50-yard touchdown run. I didn't see him. He was like darting in and out, in and out. But if that's what he's going to do on Saturdays, uh, more power to him. Coach Cramsey will call his number time and again.
1: Now, the scrimmage
2: itself was
1: the main attraction, but
2: to start the day,
1: you have the fountain ceremony. Now, this is different than the ceremony coming up this fall. This is the ceremony to turn the fountain on. And Steve Williams, uh, from all indications, he set the bar higher now for people who follow him?
2: He, You know, he first off, he said, well, I've got a tough act to follow with Reggie because then last year it was Reggie. First and foremost, Steve's speech lasted half the time that Reggie's did. It was about 25 minutes. But he, as I joked with him afterwards, said I saw him get a little emotional at times up there on that speech. But he started out with some things, and I, I, I said, Steve, we're doing the look ahead, not look back. But in the end, he did a great job of tying together what happened and how everybody moved forward. The next man up 1970 after a plane crash, there was no next man up. 71, they started the road back and it's been next man up. And then as, as two thirds away through, he looked at Coach Holiday, He said, basically, Coach, it's your turn. This team knows, hey, they're on the clock. They're the team on the clock now. They're the ones people are going to be watching, and I know you will have them ready. And yes, we went through the bumps and bruises, as you know. 66-6 Miami, Well, else is it? But at the same time, Doc made the point. Standing beside, or or Coach Williams made the point standing beside Doc was Albert McClellan, former linebacker here who is now with the Patriots and uh, he's got two rings so that shows you from the days that we took our lumps to now you have a guy playing on Super Bowl, not bad. The the decision was made and it appears to be the right decision was made. Paul
1: Swan and Dave Walsh joining you. We're here at the Union Pub & Grill. Every Monday we come hang out here at the Union Pub & Grill. There are two great reasons, and it's not you and me. I mean we're two good reasons, but we're not we're not the great reasons. No. The great reasons, of course, is two dollar call shots, a dollar fifty domestic bottles. You can get that every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. When we continue, we're gonna break down a little bit more what happened over the weekend with Marshall. Green and white game, scrimmage, whatever you want to call that, the fountain ceremony, of course, the flag football game, the tailgating. It was almost like it was a football Saturday, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. The NFL draft, we'll cover that. Several guys maybe not getting drafted but finding some landing spots in the NFL. And you've got homework for me. I, I made you do some homework from last show, so we're going to talk about that. We'll hear from Doc Holliday also when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930
0: listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Welcome back. Paul Swan, Dave Walsh with you from the Union Pub and Grill. We remind you every Monday, join us here at the Union Pub and Grill, $1.50 domestics, $2 call shots all day, all night, only at the Union Pub and Grill. Of course, we're here too, and we're going to be here until at least uh, 6 o'clock. We'll break it down for you. Of course, you can join us here on the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. Okay, we got the Dave Walsh breakdown. Uh, Anything you want to add before we hear
2: the coaches breakdown? I covered it, but this might be a little different spin than the part that I uttered, so to speak. But, no, Doc was very realistic. He was, uh, we were joking before he started his talk to the media that you would hear the, well, we got work to do. VMI is going to take us seriously. We can't take them. You know, th- all these things are coming. So they got spring ball out of the way to the weight room. First week of August, they're back to go to work. And I think the pieces are there for a pretty good year.
1: Doc Holliday does have a different opinion than you do. He, he, gets, paid. he gets paid to have this opinion, as you just said. Here's Doc's breakdown of everything, and listen closely. He talks about the reason why you don't have an actual game situation, a true game, a true scrimmage in his comments earlier in the weekend. Here's Doc Holliday.
0: You were able to get off there for a little while yeah. and let some of those guys go play. And some of those young yeah. guys you've talked about all spring really showed out. Well, they did. You know, And unfortunately, you know, in today's we, we ended up with one tailback that could play out there today. And... That's why people don't understand why we don't have games anymore and that type of thing. We just not have enough players at this point to do that. We want I think we saw what we need to see. It's some young players that need to step in and uh, and play, and a lot of young guys got their feet wet a little bit out there today. How much is a spring game a momentum builder for the offseason and get those Mm -hmm. guys? I know they got finals next week, and then you get them back in the weight room and uh, get a polish and finish. I I think the entire spring, you know, the way you finish up the spring, what kind of spring practice you've had. And I like where we, we are right now with spring practice, but. You know, you're gonna, we're going to win in September, but what happens from this point until we open up in August? So we got a lot of work to do this summer. You know, to get better as a team, continue to develop these kids. But it was good to see some of the young kids out here today uh, get a chance to make some plays. What position grouping were you looking for to step up this spring and really impress you well, the most? I, mean, I think what you, you know, we're, we're, this offensive line is back intact with the addition of you know Josh. So I felt good about that. The quarterbacks were the same guys we had a week, you know, a year ago. Running backs no different. And I thought the receiver group, you know, that was a group that we had to. Develop. I thought some young kids started to develop there. Uh, we'll add a few more pieces here in the next couple of weeks and uh, help strengthen that. And then the linebackers. You know, that the secondary. Unfortunately, Malik went out. We lost him. But for the most part, Chris and Carry on those guys have played a lot. But you know, we need to rebuild that linebacker group. Other than Mari Cobb, there's really nobody back there that's played a bunch for us. So it was great to see Beckett and Euler start to develop. And you know, we moved Hodge there. The last part of spring ball and. Uh, he just needs to learn what he's doing. He can, he can play anywhere, so he's going to be a good addition there. And then those guys up front, you didn't see a lot of Ty and Couch and Hames and some of those guys, but just some good young players that are starting to develop. So just a couple of positions, probably the linebacker position and the receiver position are two that we need to, say... Uh, young kids start to come along, I think we did that. You mentioned Sheldon, he, uh, he kind of showed that a little bit today, didn't he? I didn't have any choice, He's the only guy we had running. I was looking for, <laughs> I watched over none of you guys looked like you could play, so I didn't know what the hell I was going I wasn't going to get in there, but uh, he took about every rep there, the second part of it, and I was talking, you know, that's that's why it's hard to, have games at this point because you know, I know a lot of people even actually canceled their spring games because of injuries and that type of thing. So it's good. Sheldon's a good little player. And he's a good player that works hard and it's good to see him get some you know, runs of Switching gears a little bit, I know that you mentioned uh, Malik and, and Malik and Tyree I expect to get their name called later on. Yeah. What we'll, we'll have those guys and the bees and those guys meant to the program as they uh, embark on their professional careers? You know, I've said so long I've said so many times that uh, you know, I've been some really good places, I don't think I've ever been anywhere where the actual NFL guys give back as much as they do here at Marshall. I mean, you know, I know uh, I know. Uh, last night, uh, you know, Lee, everybody had the opportunity to really talk to the team yesterday and, and Lee uh, Smith came back for the big green dinner last night. I thought he was tremendous as Keith can attest to. and see Albert McClellan out here, you know, he had the opportunity to talk to the team today and, uh, you know, how great is that to have two guys that are going on 10 plus years in the league and the reason they've done that because they're consistent with the way they live their life and they do things the right way, they make great decisions, and they work extremely hard at what they do. And it's just so great for our young kids to hear that because there are no secrets. You know, it's about living right and making great decisions, be consistent in the way you live. And for them to hear that from Albert and uh, and Lee and then see uh, these guys come back here is great. But uh, just uh, those, these, you know, and then, then you add, you know, you add uh, the three we got, you know, three or four guys that got the shot this year to make it to the next level, you know. It doesn't matter where you get picked. It's what happens once you get there. I mean, the guy that we had out here as the honorary captain and all that, he, uh, he was a free agent. He's going on year 10 in the NFL right now. He's won two Super Bowls. So, you know, it's, it's hard to get there, but it's even harder to stay there. And he attested that today, and that's a great message to our kids.
1: Doc Holliday addressing the media after his final practice, and now he gets to go away from us for a while. Probably the happiest moment of his spring, talking to us for the final time.
2: Goodbye, Chuck. (laughs) And goodbye, Paul, and goodbye, everybody else. And it's now uh, go sit in my office and not worry about these guys until August. Then i have start putting up with them again. But one thing he mentioned, players who have left and come back and give back, Lee Smith in town to speak, Alvin McClellan, the guys back at the alumni game, he appreciates that. He appreciates when they come back and do that because it's like more evidence that uh, the current group, if you perform, that could you that could be you on Sunday or Saturday or whatever day of the week they play now. But, you know, the opportunity is there. Hopefully the guys that you've got notes here on that get the chance. A few of them got the free agent contracts, So they're going to get in the camp. Now it's up to them to prove they belong.
1: Speaking of the notes, you, you uh, observe um, – I've got your homework notes. We're, we'll look at those here in a little bit. But you observe the notes. I've got some notes. Draft day isn't a draft day anymore. It's a draft weekend. So Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday. Saturday, of course, I, I can't follow as uh, closely because uh, I decided to go to the scrimmage. And you were hoping that somebody from Marshall would get named. There was talk that there were a couple of guys who were projected – Projections don't go always the way that you think they are. So a lot of guys found opportunity after the draft was over. Sometimes that's better. Sometimes that's not. But Marshall has at least on record right now seven guys who have got opportunities to play at the next level. Anthony Anderson has uh, the Minnesota Vikings right now. Ryan B is going to be a Washington Redskin if it all goes well. Tyree Brady, Jacksonville Jaguars. Malik Gant is going to be a Patriot if it all goes well. That's a great get for him. Chase Hancock, a Minnesota Viking. Uh, Donye Moody, Indianapolis Colts, who had a great draft from all indications. And Juwan Young, Seattle Seahawks. So what stands out to you as far as the draft itself? And a couple of guys there could have went, and one of the first seven rounds just didn't,
2: though. We talked about that at times. You understand this is the NFL that's doing the work. The big thing is get chosen. It's amazing how seven rounds go by. Nothing happens as far as you're concerned. Tyree Brady's not called. Malik Gantt not called. And as soon as that's over, boom, here they go. Here comes a free agent deals right and left, right and left. Tyree's going to Jacksonville. I think they'll have a pretty good chance down there. Malik Gantt going to New England. I mean, uh, talking to Albert McClellan, I said, who's going to beat you guys next year? As long as Tom Brady's a quarterback, who is going to beat you? And he said, Tom and Bill. Are quite a show. I mean, he's, you know, he's there, he experiences it every day. So those are guys get a chance. And the other guys that you mentioned their name, whenever the OTAs begin, they're there. They're not wishing they were there. They are there. Now they have to do the work to prove that I can do better than just being a free agent. Make you make a bigger investment in me, give you a reason to do that. So that's their next objective, to give them a reason to go, okay, you're a free agent, but now we're going to have you playing on Sunday. You can do it. Is so there anybody on this list
1: that you look at their name and go, I'm surprised that they didn't have their name called during draft day? I mean, is there just one guy? A lot of people thought maybe Tyree Brady would be that guy.
2: I really thought he would get a call by somebody. But then when you watch the draft, you see how many receivers are going, 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 going. And then there was a gentleman, I think, at a school up north who was like a finalist for receiver of the year last year or year before. He didn't even get picked either. So it just shows you either how selective they are or if they do their homework and they're going, they find something, there's a reason not to take him. I don't know. The guy puts up numbers, catches the ball, make plays. So hopefully Tyree will make enough plays to make it. Malik, he's in New England. Bill will give him a chance. I won't say much about it. I mean, we will ask him what happened. We'll move on to the next one, you know how Bill is, But he's got a chance. The Patriots, and right now he's Al McCullen, got a ring. If Malik could ever make it, good shot he'd have a chance to play for a ring. And as the Marshall guys out there, Troy Brown with three, and if I mean you think about it, we fifty years ago we didn't have anything, now we got guys with Super Bowl rings. So the decisions made a long time ago were correct. But what happened to those glory
1: days, and I'm not talking that long ago here. Those glory days where you tune in and you'd hear a marshall guy get drafted, is it just the fact that the NFL draft is it's so hard to These days, to get drafted, even if you're a good player, what's the
2: secret sauce that was happening for a while that uh, isn't happening now? I don't know. I mean, it's it's only seven rounds, and there's what 30 teams that's only 200 players. You think how many people out there in college that play? And they're, I mean, next year's draft, people have already started doing their homework. Who are the people who are the people going to measure up the uh, underclassmen? And the other thing right now. Some you know, back in the glory days, say when, when, when Chad and those guys came out, there wasn't really an underclassman thing. But now you look at the underclass pool, coming out early. There's there's quite a few. It's almost like the uh, transfer portal now in football and basketball. Start here this year. I mean, you got guys that can play at four different schools in four years with the transfer portal. The way the rules are getting relaxed. So that wasn't the case then. It is now. So I mean, look, we got a guy from UK coming here. Transfer portal. And there's a lot of people thinking he's going to add something because last year, UK didn't throw the ball a lot. He was window dressing. He's he's is uh, Dallas mentioned the receivers coach. I would love to play in this system because you're you're going to get touches one way or another. You just got to be patient. When it's your call, go do it.
1: The good news for Conference USA, except for a couple of schools, Marshall got the most when it came to actual finding teams for these guys. UAB had 11 guys uh, as of um, as of today uh, sign uh, free agent contracts, so they have an opportunity. And UAB didn't have a football program a few years ago.
2: What, three years ago, there, there's there's not a program, and now you're getting 11 guys taken with a chance to play in the NFL, and that's quite a quite a, a fast forward for the Blazers. You know, so hats off to their coach and the job they did, and uh, they put them in a position, and the NFL guys are going. They're worthy of a look, and then after that we'll see how it pans out.
1: Paul Swan and Dave Walsh joining you here today at the Union Pub and Grill. Every Monday we remind you all day and all night, $2 call shots, $1.50 domestic bottles. You can get that only here at the Union Pub and Grill. we got more on the way here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan and Dave Walsh joining you from the Union Pub and Grill. We invite you to come down every Monday. Not only do you get to hang out with us, you, of course, get to take advantage of the Monday special, $2 call shots, $1.50 domestic bottles, every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. Now, last week I gave Dave Walsh some homework, and he actually took me up on it. Baseball is your sport, right? Right next to football,
2: it's your sport. We, baseball, yes, but we made great mention when the coach from softball came here, all her teams were home run hitters. So you asked me to look up what Marshall's total stands at right now. I did some research, had to do some quick math because they knocked out nine this weekend down in, on, in their road trip. So the record was 52 in a single season. They have 60 right now with five games to go. 60 balls have left the yard. Not bad.
1: You've got a full notepad here, so uh, baseball, softball, these are not your fortes, but you've got the research anyway, so what do you got?
2: Well, you've got the 60 home runs. Allie Harrell, the cleanup hitter, she's been walked 52 times, several on purpose because they figure it's easier to let her go 60 feet than circle the bases with her power. She has a lot of home runs. Abby Tolbert gets three wins over the weekend. She's up to 20. And you have to feel for Miss Sierra Huerta. She got plunked again. She's been hit 22 times this season. I mean, that's combat pay. 22 times, she's taken one for the team. So I don't know, I don't know how she does it, but she gets up and goes on. I guess they try to pitch her inside or whatever, and um, sometimes it's too far inside and she gets plunked. But the big one with me, it was when we did the story on her when the season started. Everywhere she's been, teams have hit home runs. And this year they come back, and you got to figure new coach, new system, and everything. But yet, 60, 60, and they've got five games to go, of which four of the five are here. They got Pitt on Wednesday, the home home finale this weekend with FAU, and they go to Moorhead. So who knows where that total may wind up?
1: For a player, Maya Stevenson, she had a good week.
2: She get player of the week.
1: Player of the week.
2: That can be pretty regular. That's going to be pretty regular. But, uh, you know, Maya, it's just like anybody comes to the plate dangerous. I mean, you think about this. Ellie Harrell comes up, two runners on, guess what they do? They walk her. Instead of giving her a chance for a three-run, dinner, they walk her and take her chances with the next one. I'm going, that's kind of ultimate respect that a team has. When when you've got two runners on base, and they'll put you on to load them up because the next walk will bring them run in, but it's easier to get one run than her bringing in three. So. And then, you know, I think Abby Tolbert, really, that, you know, she pitched last year but had not done a whole lot. Now she's a 20-game winner. So uh, the coach has to be happy about that. One. Who are you going to hand the ball to? When you had Omdi Williamson and people like that who came through that would never left the diamond, never left the bound. Now, uh, Abigail, 20 wins. Local, Capital Millingrad got 20 wins.
1: Just to go back to Maya for a second, uh, she had a great weekend. Four more home runs, drove in 10, scored five times, her uh, batting percentage was 500. She slugged 1.5. Yeah, your eyes just told me the whole story there. Yeah. And had an on-base percentage of 600. She now owns the program freshman single-season record for home runs with 13. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Megan Smith has come in here and has uh, proven that the Marshall softball is not going anywhere anytime soon.
2: The, the, the amazing thing is, as you mentioned, when you go down through the lineup, leadoff hitter to number nine. There is no, there is no body you can, well, if we can get, pitch around this one and get to this one, no. Number nine can make you pay just as much as if you pitch to number four. So she's got pretty solid from top to bottom. They're making plays. They're they're not, you know, booting the ball around a few times. They're, Abby's not walking people, giving them free passes. And uh, I think they're 14 and seven in the league. I don't, they've only had one series where they got beat, Southern Miss. They might see them again in uh, a couple weeks uh, at tournament time. And... Uh, it's sort of like with Coach D'Antoni, the way Marshall men's were playing at the end of the year. Do you really want to play them in a one-and-done tournament?
1: You think Moorhead is kind of not looking forward to this? they got the doubleheader coming up. And it's a situation where you've got Marshall right now sitting at 31-17. They have a great season so far. Moorhead State is 2-37 this season, 2-37.
2: This might be a game where you sit in the outfield to catch the balls as it coming over the fence. I think it's a double, Is it a doubleheader? Doubleheader. It might be a lot of balls. It might be uh, next time we talk it may maybe at 70. Who knows? Because uh, if you've only won twice, that's not a good setup. Then you get Pitt from the ACC on Wednesday. And then they finish up with FAU for the weekend with the seniors uh, bowing out. So Megan, like you said, has done a heck of a job with this ball club for her first year. Whatever transition had to be made way back in February, it's been handled excellently. I mean, you know, there's just it's like she's been here all along and Pitt is 9 and
1: 40 coming in so they've had some struggles as well yeah your face again your your facial expressions i can't translate those for radio but they've been they've been something else to behold here
2: it's like they say with other series when you play football and somebody's record's not but well, when you schedule them they weren't that it wasn't that way we have no control so you know Pitt's going to that more heads a little tough but and then on the flip side you got baseball you got to go up north to play Morgantown which for a while back was was struggling a little bit, and all of a sudden they won a few games. They take two out of three. I mean, they're taking two out of three at Texas, which was pretty nice for them. They're nationally ranked. So they got them. They have Moorhead, UTSA. But, you know, softball is going to wrap it up. Baseball still got three series to go before the tournament. School's going to be out in two weeks. And they'll be here by themselves again.
1: Baseball, by the way, coming up tomorrow. Weather
2: permitting, we'll be taking
1: on the Mountaineers, you can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So the Thundering Herd taking on Moorhead State and Pitt, teams that really don't have that good of a record, but still Pitt's got some name to them. And don't forget, current Panthers head coach Jody Hermanic, she was at the uh, helm of the Bobcats program for 10 years. So it, all it is to me is Marshall versus Ohio once again.
2: Jody knows who they are. And then Moorhead – it's a lot like with the basketball situation and some things. They're regional, they're close by. Play them, them Ohio U. They play in football. Uh, some in bat football. Not everybody plays together in football anymore, but might as well. Good regional rivalry and people. I know some people tomorrow. They're heading on down to Moorhead to watch the doubleheader. Some good friends of mine are going to go watch it. The hours ride, weather permitting, as you put it.
1: Paul Swan and Dave Walsh joining you here at the Union Pub and Grill. Quick reminder, again, every Monday when you come down to Union Pub and Grill all day and all night, it's $2 call shots, $1.50 domestic bottles, and, of course, They've got all the TV set for whatever you want to watch. Now, if you're looking for NBA action, tonight's probably your night because we've got two games in the NBA, and we've got at least uh, one game to tell you about in hockey we can talk about. Of course, uh, the one I've been following is the uh, NHL schedule a little bit closer, St. Louis at Dallas tonight, 8 o'clock, NBC Sports Network, so you can come down here and watch that. Or, Dave, we could watch Portland at Denver tonight
2: at, uh, say, 10.30 p.m., well, if some people go out to the entertainment at the Civic Arena tonight, once that's over and get home, they can watch the 10:30 game. won't mention what it is, but uh, I think you have tickets for it. I do, too. So be very interesting to see what happens over there starting at 7:30.
1: You can say it. WWE, SmackDown, coming. what do you think of the card? Uh, I'm not sure that um, a lot of people still have caught on to the fact that the card has changed because of these, again, They like to switch up the rosters in uh, in WWE on Raw and SmackDown.
2: Well, you know, right after WrestleMania, they do that. So everybody who's wrestling on Monday seems to go to Tuesday and on Tuesday to Monday. um, They're advertising who was coming, and all of a sudden uh, they had to change everything around. And uh, judging by what's going to happen tonight, I mean, you've got Roman Reigns in town. He might be the hottest thing on the planet right now in terms of wrestling. You've got uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte. I mean, they just put on an epic show at WrestleMania, so you, they're here. I mean, the, the, as I used to tell people, the top people in their line of work, whether you, some of us like wrestling, maybe some don't, but the top people in their line of work tonight are in Huntington. They're not in Cleveland. They're not in Los Angeles. They're in Huntington. They'll be in Columbus tomorrow and the other groups in Lexington tonight, but uh, they're here. And you can, if, you, if you're a Roman Reigns fan, you can go to Cherry I Man, Not too long ago, the man going to step aside to fight leukemia. He's evidently won that battle. Now he's ready to go out, and Mr. Elias will be there with his guitar tonight. We'll see how that turns out.
1: You forgot to mention the champ. The champ is here, and I'm not talking John Cena. <laughs> no. Who
2: is, are you talking about? The champ, Kofi. Oh, yeah, the champ's here. I think I read a story today about him in the paper. We used to, I used to be forwarding up these stories all the time, and Kofi, uh, you know, for a while, looks like he'll get things pulled reworked the magic, some things happened, and now he's going to be the champion, and uh, I think him and Kevin Owens have a little feud going right now, so that should be interesting tonight when that one goes down. And then Roman and Elias. Uh, I'm very just interested to see what uh, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Bailey do because Bayley has come over, so now how does she fit in that, in that little combination, so to speak?
1: The last time I watched wrestling was last year's WrestleMania, not this year's, last year's WrestleMania.
2: Hi. On occasion on Monday night or Tuesday night we'll like catch a snippet then when it's over I'll read a little bit on the internet about what happened but it's just it's hard it's hard because the people that you were used to seeing are gone and the next wave and you wonder uh, somebody like Roman Reigns he has to carry it now John Cena's pretty much I think maybe making appearances and stuff but his day of uh, carrying the shows as so to speak it's now Roman and Seth Rollins and, and, and Becky Lynch, I mean, when's the last time, the only time a WrestleMania had women main event, not the guys, the women were the main event. So that shows you the strides they've made. And tonight, two of the three that were in that show are going to be over here at the big orange barn, but I have to rename it because the orange barn is turning blue.
1: Yeah, it's not the Orange Barn anymore. Paul Swan and Dave Walsh with you today here at the Union Pub and Grill. We invite you to come out with us every Monday, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. we got more on the way here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
2: Don't worry. Paul
0: Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM
1: 930. Welcome back to the Monday, April 29th edition. The drive continues on ESPN, 4.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Dave Walsh with me, the former Young Thundering, her quarterback and not a participant in the flag football game on Saturday joins me here. And, of course, we're here at 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington every Monday at the Union Pub and Grill where the Monday special, $1. fifty bottles and $2.00 call shots. And I'm a little disappointed in you. You got the shirt, you know, you're – Permanent protocol, whatever you're calling it this week, yeah. kept you out of the game. It's flag football. They're not going to tackle you.
2: Safety purposes. We joked in the beginning about uh, years ago, like 71, when the concussion protocol came along. And I said, in those days, you hold up two fingers, you would say two, they put you back in. Now you have a tent. I said, the only tent I ever knew was to go out camping, not to be put in if you were hurt. So times have changed. But it was easier to sit there and watch and cheer them on and then uh, watch the scrimmage go on. And when I left, I was unscathed, healthy, got back to my car in good shape and finished up the assignment that your sidekick, Mr. Bill, wanted. So that was done. And then I did watch a little, as you mentioned a while ago, a little bit of hockey going on now in the NBA. And uh, the hockey part, just think about it. The Tampa Bay, gone. Defending champions, Washington, gone. Sidney Crosby, Pittsburgh, gone. Calgary, gone. Columbus, Still here.
1: Columbus is still here. The Islanders might not be here for much longer. St. Louis tonight taking on Dallas. Um, The Avalanche are tied with the Sharks, and uh, the Blue Jackets, as you mentioned, still here. Uh, They're taking on the Bruins. And, of course, uh, I know he's not listening, because if he is, I'll get a text about it. But I had to hear uh, our sports information director, Jason Corrier, and his uh, cheering in the press box for the Carolina Hurricanes.
2: He had good re- you know, they, they're still playing, uh, but joking, I ran a couple friends at during the, the scrimmage setting this weekend and, uh, you know, Columbus. If they were to hang around and get out to the finals and their team out west by the name of Colorado were to make it to the finals, coached by the last Blizzard player to get traded away in Jared Bedner, what a story. Columbus and Colorado for the Stanley Cup. Nobody would have projected that coming. And right now, The way Bobrovsky's playing and their goaltender, Grubauer, who got the ring last year in Washington, is playing. You know as well as anybody, Paul, goalies take you a long way. And right now, neither one are giving up anything. Boston could not get anything by him the other day in double overtime. And Grubauer shut down San Jose again. So, goalies, are when they get hot at this time of year, that's what you want.
1: You mentioned the Huntington-Blizzard connection. Just to think that that connection is still going on. We still have at least a tie to it.
2: It's hard to believe because they've been going, what, almost 20 years? I think and, and, and I used to joke with all the people that would run the civic center over years, I get to know them and I'll meet the one tonight. And I've said, um, that's one thing and I always joke with them. I said, I'd love to see it come back here. I'd, I'm pretty sure it won't. And that's the one thing that makes me a little mad about Wheeling. They still have it and we don't. They're the longest running ECHL franchise in the league. I think the league's 22 years old. They've been there 21. The nailers. But they have a Pittsburgh affiliation, and they have some other situations up there. But, I, you know, 20, we think, the longest-running franchise in the league is a West Virginia entity, so to speak. Amazing. Is it just 20? I thought it's been around a lot longer. It feels like it. It feels like it. But, I mean, I remember the Nailers the first couple of years they came here, they used to beat on these guys pretty regular, but then they turned the tables on them a little bit. But, uh, you know, when uh, September rolls around until about March, you look at the ECHL standings, and you'll find Wheeling there. West Virginia, they're there. And I just keep going, God, I wish that was us, but I don't think it's going to happen. But the one thing that will happen, we hopefully uh, will be living, up baseball. They brought up the ballpark again over the weekend. They mentioned the guys are coming back for another reunion next year. But in less than two years, we could be watching softball on this side of the street, baseball on that side of the street. And maybe this time of year, a My league team in town it will give us, as I tell people, that's an entertainment option that we don't have right now that I would love to have.
1: Paul Swan, Dave Walsh with you here at the Union Pub and Grill, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And you you mentioned the fact that, hey, there's some options coming up now. You could have a a, a short-season team. You could have a team play after Marshall Baseball and just continue on having something at that ballpark. And I am seriously hoping that there is a development – along that corridor, that area, that they can really figure it out what they want to do, what they're trying to do, and have that just be the anchor of a revitalization for that area. Now on a smaller scale, but you you go to Columbus and you see what they've done with that district, You could have something on a smaller scale like that. I mean, not that grand, but still something that makes that corridor uh, a lot more attractive and a definite revitalization of that neighborhood.
2: because you've got Nationwide and the ballpark right next door, and then look at what's grown up around it. So you get the ballpark here, you get a short-season baseball team, get creative in marketing, so to speak, and who knows what can happen. Baseball team, you could be the voice of the team. You would do that, wouldn't you?
1: I would pass the honor on to my good friend, Jason Toy. Okay. I would hire him, okay. and I would have Bill
2: Cornwell do PA. There you go. That's a pretty good combination right there. They're both experienced, and uh, they, they would be good at the job, and you could handle the front office situations. Just go team. Go team. Who knows? It's in, in less than two years, You know, they're talking at the game, and they're also talking at our M Club meeting. They'll be playing baseball there. You don't go to Route 2 anymore. You go right across the street you have softball hitting this way, looking out, watching baseball play that way. And as I said, how many times was that promised before it was finally delivered? And yet there are some people going, until I'm sitting in the ballpark watching a pitch thrown, that's when I'll believe it. When
1: I'm sitting in a chair with my bag of popcorn watching a game, it's not reality. That's what you're telling me, right?
2: There are some people that, you know how it is, it looks like when I'm sitting in the ballpark and somebody tows the rubber for that first pitch, then I'll believe it, but... uh I'm a little more optimistic. Um, yeah, I don't think Mike has made an empty promise. I know the mayor does not want to go back on his word. He had a, he had a big thing to do with it. Uh, he helped get the property, so <laughs> he doesn't want this to become a peach pebble pile too. He wants he wants a baseball park out there.
1: It's just a necessity. It has to happen. And look at the Thundering Herd's performance. So uh, they have I thought um, really benefited from just being at Route 2. And I can't wait to see what a new ballpark does for the team as far as uh, game day operations. Just. Uh, their psychological uh, improvement, I think, playing at Route 2 is going to be multiplied even tenfold when they get a little bit closer to home.
2: And the one I'm looking forward to is their last series of the season. Rice comes to Huntington. I want to see their reaction when they're out there on Route 2 because most of the time when Rice did come, they played in Charleston. So it's going to what you know, And you get the ballpark. What about a state baseball tournament here? You know, Charleston's got a lock on it, but you know Mike is bound to determine to make – Hamrick, this ballpark, the best place in the state. So, state baseball, who knows? Other things, you know, and also he's talking NCAA regional site too. He had one at East Carolina. He was there. So, there's all kinds of options available if they do it right, and that's the way they're going to do it.
1: Yeah, that's all part of the plan. You would hope to revitalize that area. You could, of course, have retail options. You could have hotels because, again. Huntington looking to add more retail options for people, more hotel options. Try to bring different events in. You can tie it in around the baseball tournament, around the baseball game, if you get a minor league. So there are so many options you can do just to be able to say, hey, this is an attractive option. I mean, the wrestling tournament, how good is that wrestling
2: tournament at the arena right now with Pullman Square? I mean, they're here for three or four, you know, roll rolling into town on Thursday and some of them don't leave till Sunday, so that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, leaving breakfast on Sunday, uh, that's overnight lodging, the food, uh, the, the the Highway 57 restaurant across the street gets flooded with customers, the market, which Taylor took over, you know, has a hand in, so to speak, they're flooded with customers, tonight will be flooded with customers, so place like that doing good business gives you a reason to, to invest and if the baseball park takes off people want to go invest because on a game day there might be three or four thousand people in there. They gotta have something to do before and after the game. So let's you know run with it. And, and this year in Charleston, they have the All Star game. SAL All Star Game will be there. So if Marshall's in a you know, if they get a team, happy League say to speak, one year the All Star game's here. And that's when like you watch this guy today and then tomorrow you're watching him on television, and you're going, I saw him in Huntington. Just like the, years ago, John Candelaria saw him was opening day pitcher for the Pirates when they were in Charleston. He smoked you over there playing, and the game was over. I remarked to a friend of mine, I said, we won't, he'll be gone. He won't be gone again out here on the mound. You better get a look. The next day he was called up to Pittsburgh, never to return. But what a night. I mean, you watching John Candelaria pop the mitt. It's like a gun going off. That could happen here.
1: How do you feel about the power not being a Pirates affiliated anymore? I really don't think I've talked to you about that.
2: That's, a, that's a, a, quite a while it was going on. I'm not sure where I'm not sure where the Pirates went to. I know there's there's still a tie in with Morgantown, but I don't know what the other one did. And, and and it's I think Seattle now. Last time we looked, Seattle and Huntington are not or Seattle and Charleston are not that close. But it's it's just formation. It's formation. It's the first level and. As you move on up, you'll move closer to the AAA affiliate, so to speak, and then in the big show. But uh, I guess Seattle said, hey, they have a nice facility. They get nice support. It's, it's worth dropping a franchise in there.
1: You're a Mariners fan, aren't you?
2: Red Sox fan. My dad's from Boston, that's why. Red Sox and the Bruins right now, though I don't quite pay that much attention to the Bruins, so to speak. But the Red Sox, yes, I did get to go to a few games with my grandfather there at Fenway Park. And I'm sure you've been there before, too. And at the same time, what an experience the Fenway Park. It be the green monster. How can you not support the Bruins right now? That's that's your well, team. I do. I do support them, but I, and like the other day, I was getting a little excited. When I one Flurry on the rebound, I thought they were going to score, and I kind of jumped around in my chair. But as you know, with the high goaltender, Burrovsky said, hey, not on my watch. He kicked them all out. They went down and got you know, they got a penalty, and they made them pay. Power play goal, and it's 1-1, and they're going back to Columbus. That place is going to be rocking for the next – you talk about a village that's excited, the excitement. What's it going to be like for the next two games in Columbus? They've never been this far. New territory, and they're they're liking it.
1: I'm not a Columbus fan, but I think Columbus is good for the NHL. So I I cannot like them and still (laughs) respect the fact that I think they're good for the NHL. It's a great hockey city. They have really embraced it. And I I tell you what, uh, I'm hoping that Boston can beat them. But if not, that's fine. Uh, I'm just hoping the Islanders can get a win because uh, I've kind of latched on to
2: them right now. But Carolina, Carolina just like – This team, like, they should be gone. They're still hanging around. And uh, next thing you know, you might look up in two weeks, and they are out there playing for the Cup. You're going, how'd that happen? How come the Islanders and take them out? Goaltenders can take you a long way, and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. For Dave Walsh on Paul Swan, thanks for tuning in to
1: today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night, everyone.
0: RVC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. The Drive with Paul Swan. Weekdays at 5 on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.